podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and James Batchelor. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to Voices of It podcast with me, Ben Ayton. Uh, a little bit different this week. Um, we are here to chat about Watford's 3-0 defeat at home to Leeds United. Uh, but this time it's not me and James or me and Mike. Uh, we're actually here with three other people. Um, you may recognise Tom from the Golden Pages. Tom is back um, for, I think, his fourth appearance now. He got his hat-trick ball last time. Um, so Tom yeah. from Golden Pages, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad considering. <laughs> yeah. Considering um, you're in the supporters committee and maybe getting oh, a bit yeah. of hate at the moment. <laughs> Waiting for that, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> ready and brace, right. We'll chat about it a bit later on. Um, also, a good friend of mine, Jacob, um, Jacob Deacon, he's, he's here tonight. Um, Jacob, how are you doing, mate? Really well, yeah. I've been I've been begging you for a little while to let me come on, so... Uh... Thanks for, uh, for giving us a shot. But uh, yeah, really well. All, same as Tom, all, all things considering after yesterday. Good stuff. Well, I know how long you go on and chat, mate. So you can, <laughs> we, we like to keep it under 45 minutes. And I've always yeah. thought if we get Jacob on, I don't think we're going to hit that 45 minutes. Uh, but yeah, no, it's great to have you on, mate. Um, and lastly, but not least, Frankie Holiday um, is here as well. Frankie, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. All things considered, not too bad, not too bad. Good stuff. So, um, Frankie is a season ticket holder of Watford. He's been coming for about 20 seasons now. Um, he, he lives in Dorset as well, so he's got the long old journey to commute up to watch Watford play at home. And he does a lot of away games as well, so Frankie does a lot of Watford games. Um, Jacob's a season ticket holder as well, I and mean, obviously um, Tom is the um, editor of uh, Watford Fanzine. So, we're here um, to chat about the Leeds United game. And about that supporters committee, which is a hot topic at the moment. And um, I think everyone wants to get a lot of things off their chests at the moment. So we'll, we'll jump straight into the team news um, for the Leeds United game. It was an unchanged team um, that had suffered a 2-0 defeat at Anfield. So it was Ben Foster in goal, Kiko Femenia, Christian Cavastelli, Samir and Kamara make up the back four. Um, midfield three was Sissoko, Imran Loser, and Kushka. And up front was Ismail Asar, Jal Pedro and Kusho Hernandez. Tom, looking at that lineup, um, was that what you was kind of expecting um, going into the Leeds game after the 2-0 defeat at Leeds, uh, Liverpool? Because we did play all right at Liverpool, didn't we? Yeah, I thought it was a, it was a positive performance in as much as a 2-0 defeat can be. Obviously, you know, we're looking at one of the one of the best sides in, in Europe, if not the world at the moment. So, uh, yeah, you just you just need we just needed a, a positive performance, you know, to to kind of carry that on to the Leeds game. And I think you know you could have changed one or two names in there, but by and large, I think you know we're at the stage now where the squads, you know, the, the squad the fifteen is relatively you know relatively fixed right now. Um, we we just need 
we just need them to play cohesively as a team and for you know the odd spark of you know genius or magic from from one of the immensely talented forward players and uh yeah I, I didn't have any problems with the the starting lineup but I'm sure we'll we'll chat about how it all transpired and wasn't particularly happy about that I can tell you but let the other lads not, have, a, have a word about that <laughs> yeah not at all um Jacob, was there anything you wanted to change for that starting lineup? Obviously, um, Joshua Keane picked up a hat trick away on international duties a few weeks ago, and he's been sitting on the bench ever since. Do you think it might have been worth actually playing a Josh King who's actually full of confidence at the moment? I think he doesn't seem to fancy Josh King, does he? And I, I can understand that. The, the last few times that I've seen him play, he's not offered, I don't think he's offered a huge amount. Um, I don't think his hold up plays fantastic. He, he sort of drifts through games. I think the potential is definitely there with him. I remember when we signed him, I thought he was pretty decent at Bournemouth and I was quite happy with the signing. Um, but clearly, so far, you know, I appreciate he, he scored a hat-trick against Everton and has popped up in a couple of games and performed really well. But on the whole, he's probably not delivered the amount of goals that certainly I was expecting from him. You know, I would, I would hope for a bit more. So I can understand the decision not to play him. Obviously, he played all right at Liverpool as, as well as you can, given the fact that we still lost a game. But that was a game going into. I think a lot of us thought this could be really bad. So to come out of that, lost 2-0. You might say we're a little bit unlucky to, to only lose that, that to, to lose that 2-0. On another day, you know, we had chances. Kuchis one and one for example. Um, we might have got something from that game on another day. So I can understand him sticking with the same team. Um, I probably wouldn't have put Josh King in, to be honest. I, I would have probably stuck with the same team. But unfortunately, it's just individual errors that have cost us again. We've, we've said this so many times this season. Um, I think, so I think you can it, count it's, on uh, it's double figures now, definitely, isn't it? With mm-hmm. um, individual areas that we've had this season, the amount of times it's cost what for this season, and uh, like t- for example, two yesterday, wasn't it? But um, Frankie, a man who another guy who's not getting into what the team at the moment is Emmanuel Dennis. We've relied heavily on him for goals this season, and I, I don't know if Roy's fancying him at the moment either, is he? Yeah, um. With Dennis, you you instantly lose someone tracking back as well because he's he's the first to um, go on the attack and he's one of the last ones back and he's he's always chasing the ball. But I wouldn't have started him personally. I mean, his performance yesterday, you could see, it was almost like um, they were playing for themselves. Uh, Dennis didn't pass to João Pedro and then Pedro didn't pass to Dennis. It's like a team full of individuals. So I guess the team picked itself now it's one of those we're in the pub we check our phones team news out see unchanged shrugged the shoulders put the phone down carry on watching uh, the Everton game <laughs> yeah um, we Watford fans dread that two o'clock notification where we get through on our Watford um, mobile phones ain't it saying the team news um, there's nothing to get excited about this at the moment like you're saying Frankie it's a team of individuals we've not been a, mm. a team for a very long time um, the last proper team that we had is the FA Cup final season wasn't it under Javi yeah. Garcia when everyone was playing for each other uh, we've not had that since and it's just been diabolical and yeah again like yesterday that was what was ninth successive home defeat um, I think the record is possibly 12 um, so what for the well on track for that um, but we are on track for the Nutmeg's uh, record. We're only four away from PSG's record. Um, Ooh, Watford actually registered four. 10 Nutmegs yesterday. Um, I don't know Did how you say many. 10? Yeah, 10. 10 the Nutmegs. The average yeah, I saw that. has been one. Uh, but Watford did register 10 yesterday, which is insane. Um, 
Oh, well, at least at least we might win something at the end of the season. Uh, but Tom, where did it all go wrong yesterday? Do you know what? I thought, I thought we were OK up until probably just before the second goal went in. I th- you know, the, the first one was, was a bit of magic from Rafinha. You could probably criticise, um, I think it was Samir, that was... Uh, you know, a couple of couple of steps off of him. Um, you know, Premier League level, you probably need to be a bit tighter than than that. But it, you know, it was a it was a lovely finish. Um, and I thought we were, you know, we, we were fairly solid. We, we didn't really offer anything going forwards. Um, in terms of, you know, there were there were missing passes in the final third. There was just a lack of cohesiveness in the final third. But um, yeah, the, the you know the, the goal. I thought we was we were still in it up until. The second, and then yeah, I think you know most of the crowd kind of gave up and uh, you know walked out at that stage. But yeah, I think the problem yesterday was that it, we were just we weren't we weren't clinical. Like in the final third, well, I think there was we had eight shots and one on target. That's obviously the the headline. But passing in around the you know the final third, it was just it was just dreadful. I mean, the number of times that Kutska gave the ball away. Um, you know, Le- Leeds were very solid, I thought, uh, defensively. And you- you've got to have a- something a bit special to to break that down. Obviously, Saar had a, had a big chance. Jao Pedro, half chance maybe. But it, it-, it just it just wasn't happening. There, was- there wasn't anything, any-, any spark in the final third. And yeah, you know, they had a couple of... Obviously, we- they had a couple of um, goals that they scored from errors. And as I said, that first was, was pretty magical from Rafinha. But... I think ultimately it's just again, again, it's just the same old story. It's just lack of quality and mistakes are costing us big time, and it's it's been the same from start to the bitter end. I expect um, at Chelsea at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm dreading that one, but at least um, fans are allowed to go now. Not that many Watford fans will want to go to Chelsea now. We're allowed to go, um, but it'd be interesting to see come the end of the season. I, I still actually think that Watford are actually going to think bot bottom of the table said it a few weeks ago and Norwich picked up three points today as well so I'm not going to be surprised if we do finish foot of this Premier League table um Jacob Tom said about individual errors um just now that first goal was avoidable wasn't it from Samir um it looked like Samir wanted to try and retain possession a little bit wasn't it but it was a bit careless from him. And then you can't give the ball to Rafinha. And we've seen his quality all season. It was only going to go in the back of the net, wasn't it? There's so many, you know, we're playing in this league. You're playing against so many top players. You're giving them opportunities. You're going to get buried for it. And in the championship, that probably doesn't happen. You might get away with with two or three of those before you actually get punished. You're not good in this division. We know Rafinha's a great player. Um, but whoever we play... In this league, they're going to have danger players that can do that sort of thing. The problem we've got, confidence is clearly shot to bits at the moment. At home, we, we've been poor, obviously, for a while. You look at some of the recent home games yesterday, the Brighton game a few weeks ago, the Palace game, um, the Arsenal game. We go 1-0 down and suddenly it's like a mountain to climb. Mentally, I think the players are looking at it and obviously confidence is, is really low anyway. And straight away, you're up against it. And I think the players are almost defeated at that point. I agree with what Tom said. I think first half in particular, we, we didn't offer a lot. I didn't think there was much in the game, to be fair. I think, you know, we've, we've been a bit sloppy, giving them the goal. There wasn't much that happened. I didn't think we offered a, a huge amount. But actually, second half, albeit there weren't a huge number of chances, but they felt like we had moments in the game. They felt like there was a bit of momentum building, which eventually led to that SAR chance. Um, and if ever there was a player yesterday playing who just seemed like the confidence had completely drained out of him, it was Saar. 
You know, there's a few times yesterday he got the ball on the right-hand side, one defender to beat, space behind the defender. And since he signed for the club, so many times he would have knocked the ball past and run, tried to commit the defender, do something. And at no stage yesterday was he prepared to do that. And even with that chance, you know, the ball's broke across to him. Yes, he has got probably got to take it first time, but you're just looking for a bit of composure from him. Just slide it past the keeper. He's just thrashed at it. And I was, I was watching him afterwards. You look at his body language. He just looked completely, you know, like it, it, his confidence had gone. And it was almost similar to, to actually that game and, and not a lot of people picked up on it because we happened to win on that occasion. But when we beat United earlier in the season, and, and of course he missed the two, the two penalties, the, the original and the retake, and you could just sense it then. It was a similar sort of feeling. He didn't look confident. You could almost predict he was going to miss. And especially after he missed the first one, you then knew he'd missed the second. And it was the same sort of thing. And obviously that day, it was a bit different because we went on to win the game. So it wasn't really mentioned. But yesterday, a few people around me and online were suggesting that he's he's maybe angling for the move at the end of the season and, and his head's not in, in it. And to be fair, I, I don't think that's the case. You know, he, he had a perfect opportunity to leave when we went down last time. I think a lot of players would have taken that opportunity. And to his credit, he didn't do that. He stuck around. He delivered for us in the championship last year. He showed his quality. So I've got nothing but respect for him. But at the moment, and yesterday in particular, he was not at the level, certainly, that we know he can produce. He just he just didn't look at it. Um, but, you know, you go you go 1-0 down, you're up against it. An awful mistake for the second goal. And then it is game over because we're not coming back, especially the form we're in at the moment. It's a tough ask to come back from 1-0 down. 2-0 down, no chance. The game's gone. You know, and, and unfortunately, there's been so many occasions this year that cost the air, particularly at home, where errors have, have lost us the, the football match. You know, if you if even we had made half the amount of mistakes that we made, we might have, have had half a chance. We might have picked up a few more points. But you can't make the sort of mistakes that we seem to make on a regular basis and expect to pick up points and wins. It's just not going to happen. Definitely. And you talking about Ismail Asar and rumours. Um, he actually put something out on Instagram earlier wanting to clear some things up. So Ismail Asar came out and said, recent, recent statements about my future do not commit me uh, and I am not committed to any agent. I am under contract with Watford and remain totally focused and involved in the club's objective in remaining in the Premier League. So obviously he's felt a lot of heat. I think fans were starting to get on his back yesterday. It's not the first time fans have actually turned on his back. But we've got to remember he is a young lad. He's he's incredibly young, but he's very talented. And the pressure we put on him and expect him, because of the price tag as well when he's came over, we expect him to hit the floor running. He performed very well in that first season in the Premier League. He stayed with us, like you say, Jacob. He could have got that move. Rumours to go to Liverpool, but he stuck around um, and he, he helped Watford get promotion. He, he was scoring goals before he got injured. I think he's on five goals this season and he was up there for assists as well. And it's unfortunate that the injury happened because it did kind of um, affect him. But he, he came back, African Cup of Nations. He's um, performed well there. He won the tournament there. He scored a, a penalty in the shootout to knock out... Um, Egypt in the FA Cup uh, World Cup qualifiers the other day as well. So he's a very talented boy, but we just need to try and not get on his back. Um, I know it's difficult when heat of a moment and things are going against you, but you just moan at someone who's not done well at this point. But we need to try and lay off the back of Ismail Assar. Um, Frankie, um, how do you feel about Ismail Assar at the moment? Because... There's a lot of talk about him moving at, any, at the end of the season, but if he does, he's going to get the blessing of Watford fans because he, he has given his all, hasn't he? It's just yesterday was an off day. 
yeah, I mean, to me, he'll he'll go, and I'll I'll be happy for him wherever he goes. I hope he succeeds. Right now, I feel like he's he's obviously um, playing not to get injured. I feel, um, you know, as Jacob alluded to, he didn't knock the ball down <clears throat> and run with it. Um, he cuts back normally; he would run with it, and um, he, he doesn't really stick a head in anymore. He used to do that quite a lot, but yeah, I think. When he goes, it's not a matter of if, it's when. Um, he should have all of our blessings because he could have gone in um, could have gone January, but he, yeah, he could have gone last season and uh, he didn't. And I think that season, the championship has helped him massively. Um, so yeah, um, he's, he's cut a long story short. I feel like he's playing not to get injured so he can make that move in the summer, which... I feel like he definitely should, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a a point where he was on the right-hand side and he was getting near the box and he could have knocked it past Liam Cooper, couldn't he, with ease? And he kind of whirled on it a little bit and then Cooper came through him and crunched him a little bit and then he was was holding his ankle on the floor. So you you can kind of see that he he, he is possibly not trying to get injured to get that move um, away. I'm going to stay with you, Frankie, as well. We're talking about Watford's form at home this season. Obviously, Watford had such a good home form last season in the Championship. Really good um, defensive record. We set the uh, record in the Championship last season um, for clean sheets or goals conceded. Um, what is, what's gone wrong in the Premier League this season at home? What is it? Because we, we, we've seen the away form isn't too bad, especially under Hodgson. It has improved but at home. Nine defeats in a row. What's going on? Well, staff, last <laughs> season, the, the teams in the championship weren't as good as they are this season, I don't think. Um, and our team, you know, eclipsed all of them. Like, we should have walked that league. We should have won it uh, with the team we had. But this season, um, it's hard to get behind the team when, you know, a couple of couple defeats the managers you know possibly going to go and as Jacob said earlier as well when you're one nil down with Watford you don't think you're going to get it you're not going to get a goal put it that way um so I have this rule not sure if you know you boys do it but three nil down I'm off and um it's now got to a point where it's you know almost two nil down and I'm going because you know it's a long drive back and we're just not going to get into it. We're not, you know, we're not going to score that goal. Uh, Hodgson plays to not concede. And when we do concede, what do we do? We can't do anything, unfortunately. And it's, su- it's such a shame, but it's just the way it goes. It is a shame. And Tom, do you think it is a case of being a team of individuals, really, this season? Especially like we've seen like when... Dennis came on, it looked like they weren't, him and Joe Pedro weren't passing with each other. There was a stage where Joe Pedro was in a really good position in, in the centre of a pitch. And I think Emmanuel Dennis had so much room on the left-hand side, but he was just refusing to pass it to him. Because I think earlier on, Dennis didn't pass it to Joe Pedro. Is, yeah, it a case of having, is it just a case of individuals now and no team? Or is, actually, is it a case of what players not really caring because they think half of them aren't going to be here at the end of the season. We've seen Emmanuel Dennis link with the move to Villarreal. We know Sars possibly going to be off. There's probably going to be a few more who's looking to leave at the end of the season. Do you think it's players not really caring? 
I, I'd say I, I, I don't really buy this debate about players not, not caring. I, I don't really like it because yeah, they're all professional footballers. How they do now, even if they aren't at Watford's and they get relegated, it will impact them next season. You know, so they, you know, they, they do this day in, day out. It's their job. It's their life. None of them don't care. It's just, there's, there's a, I think there's a whole concoction of things that's, that's going wrong, particularly at Watford, as you mentioned, there's, there's a lot of individuals. There's there's talented players that have been brought in at various stages from various various corners of the world, and it doesn't seem as though there's any kind of cohesion. There's no. It doesn't seem as though there's a kind of team bond, particularly as for Watford teams that we've seen in the past. You know the successful sides that we've seen in the Premier League. Um, for Watford, there's you know there's been a. You know, you, you can sense the sort of the, the team spirit, if you like, um, and the yeah, the bond that they've got. They, they they do look like like individuals, and at times it looks as though they've not trained together. You know, it, it's it's pretty startling. Um, I noticed particularly in yesterday's game, um, the Leeds team they knew what they were doing. There was lots of short, sharp passing. They you know certain players knew which runs to make, where where to find other players. And it was a bit reactive for Watford rather than proactive, and I think that's been a lot of the case for stories of the you know the story of the season. And we've relied upon magic from the likes of Saar, Dennis, and lo and behold, when you know their individual um, showmanship, um, quality goals, assists, spark disappears, then the team has nothing. And you, you mix that with the defensive frailties that we've had for quite a large proportion of the season, if not now. And it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, then then you, you can't be a team of individuals at Watford's level in this league and expect to be successful. So something that I've I've always said is that then there, there needs to be a, a, a good strong spine of the team, a keeper, central defender, centre midfielder, and a and a striker that they you know the first names on the on the team sheet that are leaders play week in week out and you can rely on them. And we we haven't really got that. We haven't had that for. For a whole while, really. Yeah, Jacob. Looking at the starting lineup or, or a squad, could you maybe try and see if there was a spine of a side? I think there's players with, with potential that that could that that could you know be a, a good spine side. But I think what you've got to look at is how many of those players are going to be prepared to stay if we go down. I mean, you know, Tom, I agree. I agree with your point to a certain degree that the players do care, and I buy into the notion that the players don't care, but. I think the, the important question to ask is why they care. Most of them care for their own selfish reasons. They care because they want to be, you know, on, on big money, you know, playing for, for big teams in the best leagues. You know, they don't care. Do you think how many of these players actually think care that the fans are hurting right now, that we're all annoyed? I don't think many of them care. I really don't. I, you know, I think a lot of them players go home at night and they think, oh, we lost today. That's a bit annoying because it means chances are I'm going to have to think about moving again and I've got to do this. Not many of them, I think, will go home and think, you know, we've really let the fans down today. We, you know, we, we need to pay them back. They just don't. They just don't. And, and to be fair, that you know, perhaps that's just a reflection on on modern day football now, rather than our particular situation. But I don't think it helps in, a, in our particular situation. I think the main issue we've got is, aside from potentially a lack of spirit, is is a huge lack of quality. Um, I think particularly in midfield. I actually think midfield's our big problem personally. I think defence was a problem. I think the signings of, of Samir. And Kamara, obviously, Smears had a stink yesterday. But on the whole, him and Kamara are an improvement on our defence. I don't think our defence is, is terrible. It's not great. 
but it's not terrible. But you look at those midfield options. I mean, you, you mentioned earlier when speaking to Tom about a defensive record last season in the championship. And yes, we were obviously playing weaker teams. Um, but if you actually look at the midfield we had, we probably had a better midfield in the championship last year than we do now. We've offloaded Will Hughes for five million quid because he had a year left on his deal. Was it, is it worth it for five million? For five million pounds, we've let Will Hughes go. We'd be better off keeping him for a year. I'd just let him go on a free if he wanted to go. You look at the mid- midfield now. On a personal level, I like Kucha. Kucha's a good, uh, he, you know, he tries hard and he works hard, but he's a 34-year-old that's never played in this division. 35 now. You know, what were we realistically expecting from that? You know, Sissoko, again, I, I like him on a personal level. He tries, but there's an obvious lack of quality there. I think he probably, he must have been a good player at some point because he's made 70-odd appearances for France. I can't see how that's happened looking at the player now. But at a certain point, he must have been a good player. You know, aside from Loser, who I, I do rate Loser, I think Loser's a good player and, and hopefully he'll stay when we go down and we, we sort of need to build around him. He's definitely part of that spine that could kick us on. Uh, but aside from him, the midfield is absolutely appalling. You know, it's no wonder that, that the defence are under so much pressure all the time. And it's no wonder that, you know, we struggle going forward because there's, there's no connection at all that I see with the midfield. Uh, you know, you, you Defenders play the ball into midfielders and no one's really prepared to, to turn and run or, or create something. Typically, what will happen is the defence will pass it into someone like Kucher or Kiembe if he's playing and be passed back to the defence. And eventually, we'll decide to go route one and it doesn't lead to anything. It's, it's, it's an embarrassing lack of quality and that's why we're going down because the, the quality is terrible. Someone's asked in the comments a, a little while ago, um, you know, what players do you think are dead wood in the squad? It'd be quicker to say who's not dead wood, if we're being honest. You know, the, yeah. the, the lack of quality in the team. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people talk about it online quite regularly. Three years ago, we got to a cup final and our, and our best ever league finish, our best ever Premier League finish. You look, you know, we had an opportunity at that stage to kick on, to, to sign a couple of other players and, and establish ourselves as potentially a top 10 Premier League club. We've, we've declined so rapidly since then that that team that we had three years ago, that's light years away now. That's light years away from where we are now. It, it's mild. That team is miles better than what we've got now. And trying to get back to that stage is going to, it's definitely not impossible. And I'm sure we will get there eventually, but we've set ourselves back a long, long time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Frankie, do you agree with what um, Jacob's saying there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the midfield is, yeah, I'd say the weakest, weakest point in the squad now. I mean, Yesterday, the only player that wanted to bring the ball forward was Kuka, who was man the match for me. God knows why he got substituted, but yeah, he was the I'm only he was one actually who was having a really good game for once, wasn't he? He struggled he was. with previous performances, but yesterday he actually he looked like one of the well, like you say, man of a match for Watford. Yep, absolutely, and he stayed man the match because after that, it all went <laughs> even more wrong. Yeah, definitely. And talking about this comment um, from Varane as well, who do you think classes Deadwood in the team? Frankie, looking at that side, is there anyone standing out for you who's Deadwood in the side? Oh, God. Uh, well, obviously Ben in goal. Love him to bits. But yeah, he's, you know, his time has come. Uh, Cabaselli, another one probably should go. Firmina, just he doesn't... He's not as good as he was, was last year and the seasons before. He's getting on a bit. Um, but in all honesty, I would probably reshuffle the whole squad. Try and find a different way to do it. You know, youngsters. I mean, we got players out on loan now who are doing really well. Really well. 
I think just yeah. just jumping in there as well. Sorry to, to interrupt, but you make a good point, Frankie. It's not only the the, the players that need to be moved on and, and are clearly deadwood in the squad, and their time is, is probably over at the club. But it's also what players are prepared to stick around next season. Yeah. Dennis isn't good, he. Dennis no, is up, no chance. Dennis, I, I... It, you look at Dennis, he, he's pretty down tools at Bruges when he wanted to move. He's had disciplinary problems at Nigeria, which is why initially he wasn't in the, the uh, squad for the African Cup of Nations. And they changed manager, which is why he was then potentially back in the frame. Um, I would imagine Dennis is one of the players that I look at on our side that I think, yeah, I'm not sure you are giving it all. Um, if I'm honest. Uh, and it, there's probably several other players that, that aren't going to stick around. So it's not only the dead wood we need to get rid of, it's then the players are actually prepared to stay and, and work at it and go for it. But yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I, I mean, there's there's only a few that hand on hard say I'd want next season. She said loser, uh, Cucho I'd have, Pedro, Kamara. Um, that's... You know, I'd be happy if we took them with us next season and then, you know, got rid of the lot and uh, started from there. But obviously, we all know that's not going to happen. We'll probably still start with Clavy next season and Foster in goal, Cathcart at the back. So, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? They're getting ready for the Masters football. That's coming back, isn't it? Um, yeah. That's it. Maybe yeah. We, we might win that. Right um, <laughs> definitely. Um, Tom, is it a case of just accepting relegation now and trying to prepare for next season in the Championship? Because like both the boys are saying, it's it could be a big overhaul of the squad this season that's needed. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the club would have been preparing for this from, you know, months and months ago. I think as fans, it's kind of become a little bit easier to accept it um, as, as time's gone on, really. I mean, I, I said so after the Norwich game, I thought that was a, quite a pivotal point in the season and I couldn't really see a way back from them um, from then. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's extremely unlikely now that we stay up. Um, uh, from a fan's perspective, at least we, I guess we can have a relegation party for the, the remaining games. That's the only way we're going to, we're going to get through it, I think. But um, in, ter- in terms of the championship, I mean, it's, it's a different league. You need, you need different qualities there than you do the Premier League. So I don't think, you can necessarily convert the squad or some of the players that we have. You need, you need, you need some know-how. You need some, um, you know, some championship knowledge um, and, and some some players that have have quality. You know, more physical qualities perhaps um, in, in that league. Um, and I think I think some of the sh- players that we've got will struggle in that league. Some will some will do all right. Um, you know, I, I personally think Sissoko would would do fine in in the centre midfield for us in the championship. Um, whether he stays or not, I, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I think as, as the lads were saying there, you know, we need to we need to look at youth. We need to look at the the incredible players that we've got on our books um, that have gone far and wide on on loan this year, and give a couple of them a chance, throw them in. You know, this it's, it's a long old season, the championship, um, and you know we, we can really unearth some some gems there. And what what a better way to to Bring bring together the fan base and a you know a youngster that's come through the academy um, and and does does well in the first team. I know there's a there's a couple there that that look look sharp and um, you know a few of the a few of the youngsters that we brought in from from other clubs, Tom Deli Bashiru, you know being one of those. Um, it's an opportunity, but at the same time, you know we want to we want to bounce back up. There's a real danger if we don't go straight back up and the parachute payments dry up that 
we could be in there for a long, long old time. And it, it you know, if the finances, you know, if, if, the, if the sort of financial picture isn't great, we could be, we could be in real, real trouble. So it's a bit of a, you know, be careful what you wish for. I think with with the championship, but from a fan perspective, you know, we're, we're probably going to have a a more enjoyable time next year. We've got some nice away trips and everything, and. Yeah, we're not going to be getting battered every week. Well, hopefully not anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. Anyway, um, but yeah, like you say, at least it would be something to look forward to next season. Like when we was in the championship last season, unfortunately, all of us couldn't attend because of COVID and all the restrictions and fans couldn't attend. And like you say, so many good away days in the championship, so many good old fashioned grounds that you get to go to, not like in the Premier League where most of them are bowls now and they don't have really good atmospheres. And you've got these old traditional um, grounds with good old boozers just around the corner and it's it's a good old day and it's a good old lads day out like going to Vicarage Road now like no one's excited going to watch Watford now I feel sorry for Frankie like travelling up from Dorset to like setting <laughs> putting in his sat nav going oh I'm going to Watford and then he's got a two hour journey up and he's like I really don't want to be doing this but he's doing it because he loves his football club and we, this is why we're all here we all love Watford and we want the best for Watford but it's just not happening and there's loads of decisions that's going on off the pitch and on the pitch which has affected our season and seeing the disconnect between the fans at the moment is is a massive one for me and we're going to move on to the big topic now which is the supporters group um, which Tom's going to be delighted we've moved on to this um, <laughs> subject um so yeah um friday night I, I was speaking to frankie earlier i can't believe watford football club and scott duxbury decided to release this news on the eve of the game knowing that it could potentially unsettle fans and obviously that probably didn't help the atmosphere going into the game and obviously there's been situations where the people in these supporters uh in the supporters committees have been confronted about it and they've had a lot of abuse and uh, it's disgusting seeing some of the abuse i've seen um abuse held at um sam from wd18 and cole from do not scratch your eyes podcast and it's totally unacceptable and these people haven't asked to be in this committee um if i'm right from understanding tom um people who attended this meeting just got asked to attend vicarage row for a meeting you you weren't aware that there was going to be some sort of committee at this point well, the, the, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, I got a phone call um, before the meeting um, to invite me there. Uh, the pretense of it was, yeah, it was a su- supporters consultation. So a bit different to, you know, traditional fans forum or just a, a kind of exchange of views. I think the the idea was to create a formal structure to provide, you know, a constructive dialogue, you know, both ways um, for, for the benefit of, of the club and you know, and, and the supporters as well. I think um, it, I, I do think it was a positive, and I, I still do think it's a positive move to to improve fan engagement. It's, it's been a big criticism of the club in in recent times. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it's more of a kind of it was supposed to be more of a consultation. Um, the the minutes of which would be would be shared. And this is this is the the kind of issue that that I have with it a little bit. It was you know a, a full frank conversation it was a brilliant brilliant evening and yeah you know we asked the questions that that every other fan was was dying to do and you know I, I get the phone call and of, of course that's what I want to do I want to discuss the the questions the burning questions that I have amongst the the other Watford fans in the room so yeah it, it was it was a, a full and frank discussion the frustration is that the minutes weren't released at, at the time that the announcement was made um 
the you know we, we got a we got a booklet um, from the club when when we entered and and the basis of it was that we'd agree on a minutes or on um, you know minutes the meeting outcome that would be broadcast or you know published to the the wider Watford fandom. Some elements of it are sensitive, and some of the frank discussions, you know, rightfully will will stay kind of in house. Um, but yeah, the, the the guidelines of it and the the, the broad basis of it would be released, and you know we're quite a long time now since since that happened and I, I completely understand people's frustration because it looks as though it's a secret society meeting and you know you've been not invited you have you haven't and it's yeah I think it would have been it would have improved the situation and I think a lot of fans would have understood if they knew the the, the outcome or you know the, the things that were discussed in the meeting and the further it gets from that from the date of the meeting the more um, apprehension and you know, bad feelings going to be amongst the rest of the fan base. Yeah, I, I, I get how I, I understand how they've gone about it and who they approach first. And I do think it is a good idea. I just think the way they've managed it, it's been poor and it, it has thrown you guys under the bus and you've received a lot of criticism for it. And it, it's no fault of your own for going. Like, you, you, you got a phone call and of course whoever got a phone call from what the club saying do you want to come in for a meeting and we're going to talk about things of course everyone's going to go to that no one's going to be like no nah, it's not for me and put your phone down um, and the key so- thing the key thing there ben as well is that in the, the phone call i had it was on the basis that i would be able to disseminate the the meeting outcome or you know the, the individuals amongst their supporter groups youtube channels fanzines, whatever it was um, we know it wouldn't be kind of a warts and all outcome. You know, we wouldn't share the nuts and bolts that will stay in house. That was, you know, it's great sort of background information. But the basis of it was that we would feed that back to to our you know respective groups or whatever. And you know, we were in a situation now where we're waiting for the minutes to come out, and it's sort of like limbo. But you know, yeah. I, I've still got um, I've still got faith that the club will put it right. They'll release the minutes. And it will show that, you know, actually what we discussed was this, this and this, which is what 99 out of 100 Watford fans would have asked. These are the responses. This is why, um, you know, this is the the reasons we gave, blah, blah, blah. And it will put a lot of fans, you know, minds to rest and think, oh, actually, that, that is a good idea. It's good that the club are being constructive in their discussions. But as I said, the, the main frustration um, for for me as as well as a lot of the others that I've spoken to that were there, is that it's because you know because the broader fan base doesn't know the what was discussed. It's had the opposite intent, the opposite outcome to what was intended, which is to to bring the supporters in and um, you know be more cooperative, um, which is which is definitely something that that the club haven't done in recent times. And you know we said that on the night. Um, so I think it's got good intentions, but perhaps the execution could have been yeah. better, as you said. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but one thing I'll say from it before I move on to Jacob and um, Frankie, it's just if you, if you're going to announce a um, um, a supporters committee, people want to know what's been discussed in that meeting, so they should have released the minutes at the same time, and even given you guys notification saying, "Look, we're going to release this on Friday night," just to make you guys aware, like. I bet it was a surprise for you and WD18 boys. Do not scratch your eyes. Um, Proud Hornets, everyone else who invited to find out Friday evening. Oh, oh it's been released already. Um, it must have been a massive surprise for you guys. And they just should have done it 
all together and it wouldn't be messy like this and fans wouldn't be as upset because at least they would have had all the minutes and they know that, okay, they've asked all the questions that we wanted. They've answered everything. Okay, happy days. And you turn up Saturday, there'll be no grumblings. Like I heard there was fighting in the rookery on Saturday as well. So all of this could have been avoided. Um, I I know Frankie and Jacob wanted to chat about this as well. So I'll move over to Frankie quickly. Um, Frankie, what's your thoughts on all of this? Uh, Well, first things first, the reason I accepted your invitation to come on was so I'll be invited to the next uh, meeting. Uh, (laughs) I'm not in the group, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, though, um, the the thing I don't like about it the most is that it was hand-picked people. I mean, uh, the people chosen, you know, I don't know all of them, um, but I just don't... I really feel like it should have been an open invitation. Uh, e- but Frankie, you know, who, who would you people. have invited? Who, who would? It's a, you know, it, we, you could you could say, well, the whole fan base should be invited, or everyone should know. Well, what what other what other no, basis would you have chosen people? Not, not basis on you know just an you know a ran- randomly selected fans. You know, you know nearby fans. Um, you know, not not these ones with social media influence. Um, that's just my opinion. I don't, um, I don't want to blame the people that were chosen because I feel like this is the club's fault. Um, I say fault. It's, it's not that big of a deal, but I just don't. I feel like it should have been randomly selected, not you know hand picked. If you get what I mean. Uh, I think the thing, if, if I sorry, if I just jump in, I think the the reason why, yeah, I'm not, I don't speak on behalf of the club, just sort of preface this or have anything, you know, Golden Pages is completely independent of the club, and I've got my my views as the same as Carl and Sam and the others that were that were there. But what I think my perspective is that the people that were invited there were people that have got groups, um, you know, they've got various supporter um outreaches in various different ways that as i said at the start it was sort of the idea was to disseminate that amongst amongst their mm. their sort of fan group so i think if you would have had sort of picked you know random random season ticket holders i don't think it would have had the same effect and the thing is it's, it wasn't a fans forum as well it's a consultation so there was lots of things that were discussed in the meeting it wasn't just sort of you know, the end of it, there's follow-ups. I mean, I've, I've been in contact with the club since, um, you know, regarding other issues. Um, there's other members that have, have had other issues as well, you know, it, things such as, I know, seating, you know, season tickets. It wasn't just a, a thing of, you know, this is what we think the club's doing wrong. This is what the club isn't doing, but, you know, is doing right. Um, so it was, it was a, it's a broad, completely broad thing. I think it would have um, diluted it somewhat had it been, just random people that, um, not random people, but, you know, certain selected people without the, the kind of reach that, that some of these channels or fanzines or whatever would have had. Um, so I, th- I think that was the club's intention there. Um, although, you know, you, you know, there's not going to be a one, a catch-all thing of people that are that have got groups or, or other, you know, They've obviously thought about it. Is it based on Twitter followers, YouTube hits? I, I don't know what it is, but yeah. I, I no, do I, understand why people feel a bit alienated from it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing I have it with it now is that I don't know what like, anything that was said. 
like you're saying it's you know it's been told to your supporters group or anything like that i'm in the southern counties hornets group i haven't seen anything you know i've I've not seen anything said where you say stuff will be said but as you said that might come out at a later date um but yeah i just that's the way i see it. i feel like you know it, it was hand-picked you know whether right or wrong you know is what it is but um it's just how long ago was what when was the meeting was it last thursday friday uh, it, was, it was last week at some point. Um, yeah. But yeah. So yes, I just haven't heard anything what was said, and I think that's what that's what's uh, bugging everyone else a bit that we still don't know what was said. Yeah, hopefully, we all see if there's a, a notification Monday morning, and we can actually see this to put it all to bed a little bit. But Jacob, what's your what's your whole take on this situation? I think first things first, it's, it's important to acknowledge, as, as you've rightly said, and Frankie's touched upon it as well, despite what's been thrown around online, I know there's been a, you know, a bit of abuse and, and a, a bit of stick been thrown around online. This is not the fault of the people that have been invited. You know, Tom, if I was asked to go, I would have gone. You know, and, and any fan that says no is lying. They would have gone. OK, so it's not the fault of the people that have gone. The problem with this is, is the lack of, and, and this is a problem not just with this fan committee, but with a number of, of different areas of the football club, the lack of leadership at our football club from the top is a joke. It's an absolute joke. Now, what they've got completely wrong on this side, there's two main issues with this for me, OK? The, the first issue is the one that we're all talking about, which is the fact that, you know, you, so far, it effectively is a secret meeting. I know they're saying, oh, we're going to release the minutes, but they haven't so far. So... It's effectively a secret meeting. Obviously, Tom, that's not your fault. It's not the fault of anyone else that's gone. But that's what's happened. Okay, so all of us are in the dark. So there's there's contradictions everywhere. Even in the club's statement that they released on Friday night, they've said within that statement that they want to try and create uh, something along the lines of we want to try and create clear and direct um, access and transparency with, with supporters. And in that same statement, they've acknowledged that the conversations in the meeting will be confidential. So... How do you plan to create direct means of communication with supporters whilst also keeping it confidential? It's a complete contradiction. Uh, but it's an absolute joke what they've done. Because effectively what they've done is instead of trying to create and bring everyone together, which is the purpose, they're very quick, as, as a lot of football clubs are nowadays, but they're very quick to talk about creating a culture at our football club and, and making us all a family at our football club. And we're all singing off the same hymn sheet. And yet what they've done is just alienated 99.9% of the popul- of, of the of the population of our fan group because I believe this correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe 14 groups were, uh, were included, were invited. So effectively what the club have said, whether you like it or not, this is the case. The club have said, well, look, you 14 groups, you're deserving of this information. You can be privy to this information. The rest of the fan base can't. That's the reality of it. But the second thing that I, I take issue with, and again, this is no disrespect to yourself, Tom, or to anyone else that was, that was invited, but, those 14 people that, that had the benefit of, or those 14 groups that had the benefit of being invited have the responsibility to speak on behalf of all of us as a fan group, myself included. Why were we not given the opportunity to, I think what we should have done, and, and obviously Tom and Frankie have just touched upon this, how, who would have been involved, how the club would have gone about that. It should, the, the people that were involved, that represented all of us, myself included, should have been there by, by a vote. They should have been elected to be involved. That's what should have happened. I don't want people, and again, no disrespect, but I don't want people talking on my behalf 
and represent my views that, quite frankly, I don't even know. I don't know. You know, I don't know what you're talking about over there. Why were we not given an opportunity to say the club should have come out and said, listen, this is what we're aiming to do. We understand we've let you down on occasions. We want to improve transparency. We want a clear line of communication with the fans. So starting, don't rush it. Let's just say, look, starting as of the summer or the start of next season, whatever it might be, we want to try and create a fans committee. We're going to invite everyone uh, to apply to, to be a member of that committee. And then we're going to go to a vote. Something along them, them lines. There would have been a clear and concise way of doing that. And let the fan base as a whole vote. Vote on who we want to represent us. That's a simple way of doing it. Because I respect the fact that, of course, they can't host a meeting with every single supporter. Obviously, you can't do that. There has to be certain representation. But that was the way of going about it. Because now what we've got is a situation where you've got 14 groups who are speaking on behalf of the fan base. Um, and, and it's all well and good, the club saying, oh, well, it's going to filter down. Well, what's filtered down so far? Nothing. We're all in the dark. But the, the lack of leadership from the club is an absolute joke. And it's been a joke for a long time. You know, this is just the latest in a, in a number of examples. You know, even just little things this season. That Liverpool game earlier this season, Ben Foster giving away tickets to a Liverpool fan in the Watford end. Are you kidding me? You, you're actually being serious. Where's the leadership from the club? Where's, where's someone from the club saying, no, he's, you know, that's bang out of order. We can't tolerate that. It's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. And Ben, you mentioned earlier, you know, you're surprised that they've announced, they made that announcement on the eve of a, of a home match because of the reaction. They wouldn't have expected a reaction because they're so out of touch. They're so out of touch. They haven't got a clue. They really don't have a clue. And if I'm honest, and, and Tom, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this because obviously you were at the meeting. I'm not entirely convinced that the club are doing this for the right reasons. I think they're doing this because they think it's a good PR move. Um, possibly that's why they've, they've looked to invite people with, with effectively social influence, podcasters and so on, um, because it's a, it's a good way of getting the message out. So I'm not entirely convinced that the club are doing it for the right reasons anyway. And you might disagree with that. Obviously, you, you know, you, you're involved in the meeting. But personally, what I do think, and, and this is something that I put out to yourself, Tom, and I put out to everyone else that was invited to that meeting, I do not at all blame you for going. I would have gone. However, now knowing the situation, which is that the club have thrown you under the bus, um, they've pretty much outed you to everyone, and they're effectively saying that it's got to remain confidential, and you can't pass any information, so you're privy to information that, that the rest of us aren't. Are you happy to to continue going to those meetings? You know, are you happy to be involved in that? Because one thing I would say, yes, I would have gone to the meeting, but I'll tell you one thing, there's not a chance I would still be involved now, now the club have, have thrown you under the bus and have turned around and pretty much said that the rest of the, of the fan base aren't deserving of that information. Well, I think the, the first point there, um, you address the sort of intentions. I think, I think broadly it shows a positive positive intention to to engage with fans um I, as i said I, I do think it's a i do think it's a good idea still the problem being the execution i, I mean there's, there's a broader a broader question about sort of fan engagement in a modern game anyway particularly with uh, something that i've covered in the fanzine a bit with um you know fan representation on the boards and the um uh, the fan the government's fan-led review um that wasn't that's was completed not too long ago so i think that that's on the on the horizon for the you know the entirety of the football league, um, and I think there's a lot of a lot certainly the big clubs they they don't they don't want fans in the board they don't want fans involved so anything that they can do to preempt that to to show that fans are perhaps a little more consulted um, is is something that I think most most clubs will do. I'm not saying that Watford want to avoid 
sort of fan involvement at, at board level? I, I, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm taking it as a positive move. They've, they've, they've reached out to us and or to, to certain groups of people and it, it was it was a good meeting um and i i just hope i, I just wish i could kind of share share it with you because it you know once, once the minute's out people will see that you know it, there was there was good discussions about things that you know the direction of the club long-term transfers the managerial um policy you know all, all sorts of things were discussed and it, it was a really good meeting um so yeah i think it i do think it's a positive positive thing um so what was your second point jacob just on the on the representation of it you know effectively you know you, we've got 14 groups that are representing the entire fan base of the football club and yet none of us have been informed none of us none of us have been asked on our on our views until that first meeting's already happened what should have happened, it, it sounds to me, I mean, so obviously the meeting's taken part last week. When were you, when were you given the phone call for the meeting? Uh, it, it wasn't too long before it. So we're yeah. talking day, days before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've, they've phoned you and within days, they've got you into a meeting and obviously all of this is, is now since unravelled. What they should have done is instead of rushing it and create something within a few days, they should have said, look, here's what we want to do. We want to create a fans committee we're going to start it, you know, whenever, end of this season, start next season, whenever, but give themselves plenty of time and create an opportunity for us all to vote who's speaking on our behalf. I don't think that's unreasonable. You know, we're talking about, you know, and again, it's not your fault. It's no one else's fault because you've just turned up to a meeting. But whether you like it or not, yourself and the other 13 groups are representing all of us as a fan base. And we've not voted for any of you. We've not. It's the harsh reality of it, isn't it? You know, I, I want to make sure... You know, I'm not in that meeting. Fair enough. We can't all be in that meeting. But I want to make sure that I'm actually putting something towards it in terms of actually voting for someone to be in that meeting. So, you know, they should be, the people that, that are participating should be elected to, to participate. As simple as that. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with, with a lot of what you're saying there, Jacob. I mean, what I would say sort of moving forward is that, you know, the, the club have been broadly um, inviting you know, fan groups and stuff. I would just say, just you know, become a part of of a fan group or get involved with you know whatever it is. I know that that might shouldn't necessarily have to. In the meantime, I'm still going to occur. find out what's going on. Unless, unless I'm in the meeting, I'm not going to find out what's going on, though, am I? Because and, I and think... this this comes back to the initial point where you know this all this all would have been um, easily dealt with had the minutes been released. You know, relatively right. early. We've got we've got the added toxicity of uh, you know social media in the, the terrible season that we've had. Which adds to people's frustrations. You know, if we'd have been, you know, in Europe or you know, having a good cup run, people probably wouldn't be as angry as they are about this. But uh, yeah, I, I think the, the initial thing, and the, what I've said sort of from the get-go, really, well, from from the date of the announcement, is that this all would have been quelled had the minutes come out at, at that point. And you know, as you said, I agree. I, I agree with you, but obviously they, they haven't come out. I mean. Do, yeah. what's your, do you think it's right that they haven't come out yet? The minutes that the, the rest of us are in the dark. What's your personal? No, opinion? absolutely not. I mean, the, the the basis of this of the the meeting was that you know we would get a fairly swift turnarounds of the minutes. We'd all you know the minutes would be agreed and, and be released. I think it's seven to ten days or something following the meeting. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that should have been the priority is to so get if them out and to... if if they're not released in the next few days, are you comfortable with carrying on with it? 
Well, I, I, I've, I've got faith that they that the club will will sort this if, out. If and... they don't, if I'm talking hypothetically, they they don't release the minutes. They say no, it's confidential. We're not prepared to release it. What's your position? Are you carry on. I, I I don't know. I'll, I'll have to cross that cross that bridge when we come to it. As I said, I've got faith that that the club will will do it. And I've, I've you know, there's been follow ups to the meeting that that I've contacted people in the club about, and you know, I'm still awaiting a response for that. So I'm I'm treating it as a constructive thing. I'm you know I'm trying to be patient, but I do understand people's frustration. And well, you know, my I work in you know my, my day job is in legal, so I'm aware of the you know the kind of the twos and fro's of of people's opinions and you know that the such a thing such as the releasing of the of the minutes how it can be sort of a, a difficult thing to do and to get the balance right um I, i'm not going to say here and now i will or won't be involved because I, I as i said i've got faith that, that the club will sort it and that they'll take into account the things that were raised in the meeting and there'll be future there'll be much more constructive meetings moving forwards um so that, this- but yeah that's my position Honestly, just one, quick, just quickly as well. Um, it, it, Watford, when they did announce it, they did obviously put up the bottom of their announcement saying if anyone does want to get involved <laughs> with this committee, they can email in. So obviously they have elected uh, fan groups, podcasts, fanzines. It, it's just to get the the, new, the the news out there more, isn't it? Because they've got people that they reach. Um, so I am sticking with Tom and everyone else on this. I know. Jacob and Frankie might be looking at it different ways, obviously, but I just feel with a platform, you, you can push this news out to so many more people. Um, so I can see why Watford have done that initially. It's just the, the way they've executed all of this has been terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. But if you are interested in getting involved with the supporters committee, there is an email on the bottom of the, uh, the address and it is supporters at watfordfc.com. So, yeah, if you do feel really strongly passionate about all of this, because obviously a lot of us do, um, just drop them an email. And I'm sure they'll get back to you and let you know about this. Um, just quickly as well, um, we'll move away from the, the um, supporters committee a little bit. Um, I was listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes um, after um, the game um, podcast yesterday. They do spaces on Twitter, uh, really interesting stuff that the boys do there. Um, and Carl was going into a bit more detail about Scott Duxbury has admitted to mistakes that he has done um, in over the last few seasons. I, I don't want to bring up the supporters committee anymore, so we're going to move away from that. But we're just going to discuss very briefly about the mistakes that have happened at this football club before we end the podcast. Uh, Frankie, I'll come to you. Uh, Frankie, you still there? Because you don't have yeah, a camera. Yeah. I don't know if you're falling asleep or anything. <laughs> no, I was just enjoying um, that. No, I thought you were. Um, so, yeah, I'll come to you first. What do you think the main mistakes have been since that FA Cup final? Because uh, to be fast, when everything's really gone to shit, hasn't it? Mm. Um, I feel like they were just content with everything. They thought, you know, they didn't have to spend the money to progress the club um, on the pitch, that is. I mean, off the pitch, you know, let's, let's be real. The Pozos have been, you know, great. They've done so much good things you know off the pitch but on the pitch you know it's lack of investment in key areas it's penny pinching whenever they get the opportunity to you know we don't want to sign a 36 year old centre-back who's on you know who's going to cost a million when you can get an up-and-coming 23 year old for, for literally you could probably get an up-and-coming 23 year old for about five million but it's penny pinching and then when we do see 
you know, the rumours coming in about, you know, that lad from um, Scotland, I can't remember what club it was, we were holding, if we Aberdeen, we were holding them ransom for like £500,000. Like, we've got, we, we were, we're a Premier League club, we have got £500,000 to get that transfer over the line. And that's my main issue, is the constant penny-pinching of, you know, you know, the owners. Yeah, Jacob, um, what do you feel like the, the main mistakes have been since that season? I think one of them, like Mike has just said now, it's all came down to bonus payouts not being met up that season as well, wasn't it? Um, I think it was rumoured that it was maybe a good few months after the FA Cup final where they they've, they were told if they got to the FA Cup final, there would be bonuses that would be paid. That wasn't met. And then obviously the start of the season, Watford started the season very poorly and that might have been down to bonuses not being paid. I mean, Javi Gracia actually ended up losing his soft uh, job as well. Uh, what do you feel like the biggest mistakes that Scott and Gino have done over the last three years? Where do you start? I mean, you know, <laughs> I think the, um, yes, the bonus payouts isn't great, but I think it's important to remember that we, we didn't just start that season really poorly. We ended the cup final season really poorly as well. You know, the league form, you know, really dropped off a cliff and, quite what the reasons behind that was. I don't know if that was just a case of players had the cup final in mind. I don't know. That, that's why Grassi was sacked because we've. it wasn't a case of we didn't win for our first four league games. It was carrying the, the form that we ended the previous season with into this one. And, you know, they pushed the button. We know it doesn't take them take them too long to, to push the button if they need to. Um, I think recruitment's been a massive problem. Frankie obviously just touched upon it there. You know, the... The penny pinching, you know, we, we spoke about it earlier. Going into this season, we, we've let Will Hughes go five million quid um, because he, he only had 12 months left on his contract. You know, we signed Kucha, two million, a 34 year old at the time who's never played in this division before. Quite what we were anticipating might happen from there. I don't know. Recruitment's been a big problem. Um, obviously, the, the constant manager turnover, it's never been something that I've been keen on if I was running the club it wouldn't be a way that I would do it I prefer you know more of a a long-term appointment but it's something that I personally and I, I would imagine a lot of fans have tolerated when we've been doing well um, you know I was quite happy to wasn't wasn't my preferred option I was quite happy to put up with the, the managerial turnovers whilst we were being successful obviously it's now a situation where it feels like the momentum of the club is is moving in a downward direction um that's something I'm looking at now and would be keen to change. So I think that's been a problem. Um, so there's been a number of different mistakes, I think, that that they've made really um, in that time. But unfortunately, what it's resulted in now, and I think you know the, the managerial turnover is probably a key part of this, the club just completely lacks identity. You know, if I think back to, to when I first started going properly in the early 2000s, we were a pretty poor championship side at the time. The quality wasn't great. But our identity was that the players were going to fight and do everything possible, and, and we were a battle inside. And identities can change and evolve. You know that wasn't not that wasn't necessarily the same identity we then had at the start of the Pozzo era. By that point, it developed into a side that played quite attractive attacking football at that stage. But I look at us now, and I can't really work out. You know what the plan is. What was the identity of the club? We certainly, certainly wouldn't put us in the bracket of a of a battling team like a Burnley, for example. We certainly don't have the quality. It, it, and I think our identity comes from, from management. I touched upon it earlier. I think it comes initially from the very top. And, and the leadership 
from the very top of the club is is very poor. Um, despite that, I'm personally, I just want to put it out there, I'm not actually in the Pozzo out camp. And I know that might sound a bit contradictory considering <laughs> what I just said, but I think it's important to realise, you know, what the alternative might be. And when you look at the likes of Bassini and, and some of the others that we've had in the past, I think it's clear that the Pozzo's are the best option. Um, so I don't want the Pozzo's to go, but I think it's fair for us to challenge them on certain things and, and realise that certain things need to change. And one of those things I think is really important is clearer and strong leadership from their side that, that will hopefully filter down through the club. Definitely. And, and Tom, um, how, how have you felt the last few years have gone with all the mistakes and that? What's been like the worst mistake really for Watford? Oh, blimey. Where to start there? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it's, it's been a this sort of death by a thousand cuts rather than one thing that, that I could particularly identify. Um, I, I think, you know, culturally, I, I've, I've said this, I think I said this in the last last issue of the fanzine is I think the culture needs to change, um, particularly with, you know, the managerial um, and, and backroom staff issue. Cause it, you know, it, it worked, it worked in the early days, but you need to, you need to develop as the game goes. And, you know, we started off one manager of the season and, you know, they largely fulfilled their, um, you know, their, their targets. Um, but we, we've just got to a stage now where it's, it's so short term. We've got a, a mishmash of players, as I said, brought in from from various places. There's no no playing style. They've all had, you know, got different, completely different ideas. Starting off with Zisco to to Ranieri to, to Hodgson now, and you, I mean, you compare Zisco to Hodgson, we've not got a vastly different squad to to how we to what we had at the start of the season. And you know, we're trying to fit square pegs in round holes. I think so. I think that's something that that changes, but it's it's not an easy thing to do. Um, you need to trust the manager and that means going through bad patches, multiple bad patches and, you know, potentially risking missing out on promotion or the playoffs or whatever. Um, but yeah, you need, you need backroom staff that, that is supported by the manager. You need a recruitment policy for players that will fit the scheme that the manager is trying to play. But at the same time, as I said, that, that requires a lot of trust on, on the manager's part. And I don't think that's something that the Pozzo regime particularly holds hold strong given the you know the the success they've had with the scouting network and bringing their players in that that are of good quality but not necessarily appropriate for the way that we're playing um and I think they, I don't think they value the the manager or the head coach as, as much as other um other clubs but I, and I think that that's something that that should change it's going to be difficult to to do that now because you're going to look at you know a young up and coming manager with a strong philosophy uh although i hate that word a strong playing style and uh, identity and they're going to look at watford and go well one of two ways it's either going to be well i'm going to get a payoff in you know in a few months time pay off my, my two-year contract a nice little earner or they're going to go well i want to build something i'm not going to be given the time to do it so it's going to be hard to do that yeah but uh yeah that's, that's the fun of being a fan isn't it you know you've got to be positive and for each season we have like this you know two, three, four seasons like this, we get a Leicester moment, we get a Wolves game, we get a, a run to the FA Cup final. So I just say to everyone that's, not, that's thinking of not coming to, to the Brentford game or not renewing their season ticket, I just say this is what, what being a fan is. You go with the ups and the downs and think things will get better, things will get worse. It's just what being a fan's about, isn't it? Part and parcel of being a football fan, isn't it? Of being a, especially a small club like Watford as well. Um, I imagine Liverpool don't really go through times like this, but definitely being a Watford fan, you do have lots of 
maybe more downs than ups, but we've not done too bad recently, have we? We've got to think, we, we did have five consecutive seasons in the Premier League. Um, we did bounce back to a Premier League first time of asking as well from a championship after a COVID season as well. Um, so there has been positives. We are suffering a bit of a negative now, unfortunately, and it just feels super low at the moment, just due to communication from the top of the, the club, really. Um, but I'm just going to talk about um, managers quickly as well, because I've, I've discussed it before. I don't think I've discussed it with you, Tom, before when you came on about managers. Um, but Varane just says, says, ultimately, you just want players who will run through brick walls and win. Uh, and that's all we ask for as football fans. We just want everyone giving 100% for a team and to run through those brick walls to make sure we, we take three points at the end of the day. Um, or even if you don't take three points, at least we can see you're trying. Uh, and we've not seen that lately. Like At the end of the games, players just shrug off down the tunnel and don't even appreciate the fans half the time. I think only two or three actually stayed out and clapped the rest of the fans who actually stayed the whole entire 90 minutes. And that needs to change. Like You'd always guarantee seeing back in the day, you'd see Troy, Mariapa, Gomez, they would always stay out there, but they would make sure other people would stay out there clapping the fans as well. And we haven't got that now. I don't think Sissoko is the right leader for this football club either. Um, I don't think it's the right captain at the moment, um, but that's my personal view. Um, so, but we'll talk about managers very quickly because I know it's a, it's a long podcast. Um, I've actually looked on Twitter and seen that someone has tweeted about possible manager maybe being interviewed at the end of the season. I, I don't know if it's completely concrete or anything. It might just be a rumour, but at least we can discuss about potential managers because we know Roy Hodgson will be leaving at the end of the season. Uh, this gentleman's actually said that uh, Nuno Santos, um, of formerly of Wolves and Spurs, could potentially be interviewed at the end of the season. Um, he's also gone on to say that Slavin Bilic could also be considered as well. Um, for Watford. Um, I'll come to you first, Frankie. Um, end of a season, Hodgson's gone. Who do you reckon, well, not who do you reckon, who, who would you want to take charge of Watford next season in the Championship? Um, well, firstly, that uh, Nuno comment, I'm pretty sure that's that guy with the Simpsons profile picture, so I'll take that with a pinch of salt. <laughs> um <laughs> But in my my opinion, I feel like we should have gone for Ryan Lowe when we had the chance to. I, I loved yeah. him at Plymouth. Uh, decent at Berry, you know, when they had financial difficulty and that's something we'll probably face next season as well. But I am, I'm tempted by Warburton. I know I see Lou Orne's tweet about it and the fact he comes with Eustace as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's the one that I want for next season. Yeah, no, I, I said about Ryan Lowe a couple of podcasts ago. Um, I was really impressed with how he nurtures young talent and doesn't have much of a budget. But he, wherever he goes, he just manages to get them to play good football in football. Like, yeah. really press as well. Um, and he's done well at Preston as well. And they, they were they were struggling until they sat in the manager and Ryan Lowe's came in and actually got them playing decent football and it doesn't seem like it takes him long to get his philosophy across to players either. So that's an attractive proposition and it's a young English manager as well. Um, so it, that would tick my box as well. And Warburton, that's interesting as well because obviously the John Eustace um, 
connection. Obviously, Warburton was actually academy manager back in the day or reserve manager. Um, so he's got that connection with Watford Football Club. And obviously, QPR started really well this season. They've just been hit with lots of injuries lately. I've seen Chris Willock's out for the rest of the season. That's a massive blow for him. But uh, he could possibly be go after at the end of the season. Um, Jacob, any one of those two you fancy or would you go down a different path? Do you know what? I've got a sneaky suspicion that Tom might have a fair idea about who we're getting. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll all get a turn, I think, next season. Won't we? Yeah. <laughs> I, for, for me, I think the challenge is, is what decent manager is going to want to come. And I think people are a bit naive. You know, I speak to someone about it yesterday and they said, oh, but, you know, we're a, 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 we'll be an attractive club to manage at championship level with potentially, you know, top end championship side. I think people are a bit delusional with that you know yes in theory that's right but I think we've now got such a reputation for flying through managers I'm not entirely convinced that a decent level manager would be prepared to come if they were and again this is a long shot I don't think we would get him because why would he leave his, his current role he's doing quite well but I'd love to get someone like Chris Wilder in um, you know I, I think Wilder's a decent manager I think he did a great job at Sheffield United I think he will eventually take Borough up. Uh, you know, they're faltering a little bit outside the, the playoffs at the moment. But, I mean, they could still get in the playoffs and go up this year. Um, but someone like him, but realistically, would he leave Borough to come to us? Probably not, if I'm honest, because he knows he'll he'll rock up and, you know, he'll be doing well to see out the season in the job. So, I think that's the challenge that we've we've now got, isn't it? You know, that, that reputation as... Uh, you know, the, the chickens have come home to roost a little bit, haven't they? That that reputation is so set in stone now. But I think a lot of managers will look at it and think, you know, I probably don't fancy that unless they're after. I think someone mentioned it earlier. I don't remember who said it, but unless it's someone that's thinking, oh, that'd be quite good because I could get quite a quick payday. And that's obviously not the sort of person that we we want in. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, have you seen that we've all gone for like a, an English manager at the moment as well? Tom, are you going to stick with that or are you going to go for the continental um, approach. I've not got a particular name name in mind. I mean, I think Cisco could have been, could have been a good good appointment. I think well, someone in this issue of the fanzine said that um, they they needed a strong number two, like Boothroyd had with uh, Keith Birkenshaw back in the day. It was extremely inexperienced, Cisco, and you know he, he got he got a song out of out of those players, which is which is a rare a rare thing. And I think he he just needed a bit of experience. Um, you know, someone who, who'd, um, who'd who'd been there and seen it to to sort of to back him up, really. Um, yeah, I've seen Mike Duffy with Rooney. That would be great, wouldn't it? But I I can't see that in a, a month of Sundays. Um, but no, I think you know, regardless of their their nationality, I think just someone with a a strong, effective um, way of playing that can unite the unite a squad. Um, personally, I, I like sort of intense, uh, you know, high intense press. Um, and, and using using wide players because um, that seems to be the, the flavour of the month at the moment, particularly in the Premier League. But um, yeah, whether that's you know manager A or manager B, I, 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 I don't know. Um, I'm sure that they'll surprise us. I'm, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, and I, the other thing as well, I think that particularly with the, the lack of connection some fans have with the or that we've all got with the club at the moment, I think you know an ex. Watford's coach or player on the on the backroom staff, whether you know whether that's a goalkeeping coach or you know someone that picks up the cones at the end of the day, you know I think that would be very welcome you know, to restore a bit of 
bit of a connection, I think, with uh, with the good times. Yeah, and um, mine and Jake's mates popped up with an uh, absolutely ridiculous. Um, what was he talking about? Uh, bad as it's going to sound, if Nathan Jones come up, would you take him? In a word, you no. And then Mike Duffy comes no up saying, chance. I'll rub a shit in my hands. <laughs> and then, then I have that prep Nathan Jones as my club manager and fuck that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think we can all agree no to Nathan Jones. And um, just before we wrap it up, obviously the new issue of the Golden Pages came out yesterday. Uh, Tom was outside next to the Graham Tate, the statue selling it. I think I saw that you had a um, quite a good day, and I think you met Chris Stark as well. He took a photo of you. Yeah, dear top man. You had a bit of a chat with him um, before, and yeah, he took a photo of me for, for his Insta page and stuff. But yeah, no, it was it was it was great yesterday. Saw a lot of contributors and a lot of people that that enjoy the fanzine and stuff. And yeah, I'll I'll be there, you know, come what may, until the end of the season, selling the, the remaining issues. Um, so yeah, that's that's the front cover. Where are we? There we go. So yeah, it's it's better than, in my opinion, better than the program. It's cheaper than the program, and yeah, you've got you've got stuff from from other fans in there. So yeah, if you're getting if you you know got three quid to spare, get one of those. Or even if you fancy contributing, get in touch with me, and yeah, get you in there next season. And what Tom did on his last issue as well, guys, I don't know if you knew or everyone who's listening, but um, Tom actually um, donated all his money that he actually raised on that to the NHS um, charities, didn't you, Tom? Um, So you didn't actually make no money for that. Golden Pages made no money for that. And all the money was um, sent over to the NHS, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, How how did it all go last month in the end? Was Was it a good month? Yeah, it was it's very good. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't take a don't take a penny out of it for myself. I you know invest it in bits and bobs, stickers, postcards, you know, co- uh, cover art, whatever it is for the fanzine. Um, but yeah, l- last month we did it was for Raise the West Hertfordshire Hospital Charity, which I thought was quite quite important to recognise their contribution during the pandemic. Um, so yeah, so uh, well, I'm just about to sort of send the money in the next coming days but I'll, I'll put on uh social media the sort of details of that but yeah that was that was good and thank you to everyone that everyone that bought it hopefully I'll, I'll do one of those next season as well brilliant yeah make sure guys that if you attend the game next week against Brentford wasn't it make sure you, you go over to Tom and pick up a copy of the golden pages because it's really good um content in there I think me and Mike um, we we went in there a good old year or two ago, didn't we? Um, when we first set up the podcast, so we'll have to write something in there again and um, get our names back in there. But yeah, um, thank you, gentlemen, for all of you for joining us tonight. I know it's the day before Jacob and Frankie tonight, so thank you, boys, for joining us. Um, hope it wasn't too bad. <laughs> Cheers, no, mate. Now, Jason. Thanks, for, uh, thanks for having us on. Yeah, no worries. Nice one, Tom. Thank you very much for joining us as well. Um, I was kind of, um, I had no James tonight, I had no Mike Duffy, but so I was like, who do I go to? Who, who do I um, turn towards? And I knew Tom, he, he's been on four times and get on with Tom quite well. Jacob's a mate from my six-a-side football team and we've, we've watched Watford up and down the country for years, haven't we? And, and then Frankie, if you've not seen Frankie, follow him on Twitter. He's absolutely the um, quality on there and that's where I've met Frankie from and he's really good and he loves Watford so much so it's important to get the people who support Watford and their voices heard on the voices of the Vic this is what we want this podcast to be um, 
we're looking for going forward towards the end of the season. We want more people to get involved. Get your say on the voices of the Vic because this is your podcast as much as mine and Mike's. Um, so it's a good way for you to get your opinions out there, just like Jacob and Frankie have done tonight with Tom. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for joining everyone. And um, we'll be back next Saturday, next Sunday, um, to talk about the Brentford result. Hopefully, it's not another defeat, but who knows? Um, so yeah, thank you for joining. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, just quickly, don't forget to like the page and subscribe. Um, yeah, that's it. See you later, boys. Bye. Podcast Network.